Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to That's a Hard No, the podcast about learning to say no and set boundaries to live our best lives. I'm your host, Heather Drago. You may think because of this podcast that I'm a boundary-setting expert, but I'm not. I'm an expert at struggling to set boundaries. But you know what? I'm working on it, and it is getting easier. Follow along with me as I learn from fellow strugglers and experts so that you too can start saying no without feeling fear, guilt, or FOMO. Dear friend, Sarah Saunders, who our regular listeners may remember from season one and season two, um, Sarah was my co-host, my pal, my my shoulder to cry on, <laughs> um, and is the owner and, and primary therapist, I guess, at Purposeful Growth and Wellness, uh, a therapy center in Broadview Heights, Ohio. Um, you can talk a little bit more about that to, yeah. to our new listeners who aren't sure. familiar with you. We love Sarah so much. Um, and as we mentioned at the beginning of this season, Sarah needed to take a step back. Um, but, you know, she's part of our family forever and always. And she'll come back and visit us here and there. Um, and this time we're going to talk about why she took a step back and what's going on in her life. So, hi. Hi. It is so nice to be here. It feels like... It was just yesterday that we were recording, and it feels like a lifetime ago. I know, right? It's yeah. so strange. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we always miss you, and everyone always asks about you, yes. and um, you are beloved. So yes. so how are you? What's happening? You know, it's so interesting. When I get this question, you know, like, how's life or how are things going? I'm really working on saying, you know, Life is full right now mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of busy mm-hmm. because I notice when I'm saying like the reality is life is very full. Our schedule's full. It is busy. And there's so much beauty that is happening amidst the chaos. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for those of you that are new listeners, I um, I am a mom to four sweet little boys. Beckham is... He's going to be going into first grade. 
oh, Anderson exciting. will be five in September. However, he will be going into kindergarten, which was like a huge tobacco, but we did decide we're mm-hmm. going to be sending him. Our three-year-old Tristan, who when we originally started the podcast, mm-hmm. he I was like nursing him at seven weeks postpartum. He just turned three. Um, and we actually, we just received an autism diagnosis mm-hmm. for him. And then Noah, my little baby, he just turned 15 months. Oh, my God. Right. Wow. <laughs> yes. So, oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 So with that being said, I'm a mom. I am a wife to my incredible husband, Justin. And then I am the owner and lead therapist at Purposeful Growth and Wellness, my Cleveland-based therapy practice. Um We have another clinician there, so I'm doing supervision with her and, you know, growing the business. I just hired someone else on who will be starting in September. So thank you. So life is very full, to Mm -hmm. say the least. Mm -hmm. It was already full. I mean, it was so full. And then, you know, you started to work through this autism uh, diagnosis process. Tell us about that. What and and and. You're so generous to share this with our listeners. I'm sure there are other parents out there who are facing similar situations and don't know how to navigate it. So that's why you and I agreed this would be a good topic to talk about. So I don't mean to like gossip about your family or anything, but we're hoping that this might um, help people kind of understand what's involved. Sure. And, you know, I do want to circle back for a moment, you know, This podcast originally started based on really wanting to live a life that is in alignment with who you are, right? right. And so in the season when we first started the podcast, my goodness, did this podcast save me in so many ways. And our message to listeners was just, we have to say no to things to leave room for yeses Mm -hmm. that truly allow us to live in alignment. Mm -hmm. And so going back, and again, one of these days I am going to be able to say I'm a retired perfectionist, but at this (laughs) point, I am still a recovering perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And I had these narratives in my head, these expectations of here was where I was going to be Three years, five years, yeah. ten years down. You are the road. a very planful person and very driven, I and am. you have big ideas. Yes, and I will say, in what I'm learning and what I, you know, teach clients is that naturally, as humans, we have movies that play out in our head, right, mm-hmm. of how we think that things should be, and it can serve us in certain ways. The planfulness, you know, being prepared, having these visions. It definitely serves me in a lot of ways and has created the success that I have. And two things are true. (laughs) It's really served me and it it can definitely be a barrier. Mm -hmm. And so by doing, you know, being doing season one and season two and just where my life was then. And I remember, you know, ending season two and we were like, I was about to have Noah and I just said, you know what, like, yeah, like we're going to keep going. I'm so excited about this. During that time, Tristan was 21 months when Noah was born. It was at 18 months that I really started to, I felt like the fog had lifted of the postpartum. Tristan was 
18 months and I started noticing, you know, things were different. I wasn't sure him being a pandemic baby. He was born in June of 2020, the same uh, month that I opened the practice. Um, I had two toddlers at home. The postpartum was really hard. So I was like, a year went by and I thought maybe the, the fog had lifted and I started to, you know, just recognize some things. And I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe these are just, you know, some things that had happened based on the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was then that I started recognizing, you know, as a therapist, I think the hat that I wear, it really, it helps in a lot of situations, but it also makes sometimes being a mom really hard. Mm. And so I recognized, you know what, like, I don't know the answers and I need the support. And so I had reached out to Help Me Grow, which is a um, free service in the community that parents, if you have a child that you're wondering, um, you know, any developmental delays or or whether it's their speech or finer gross mm -hmm. motor skills, they may not be walking or crawling or you just feel like something may be off or mm -hmm. you just have questions or need support, Help Me Grow is an incredible resource. So, And that's a local resource? It is. So I would assume then that all health departments in every county, community, state um, will have links or information about those kinds of same resources. Yeah. So Anyway, Absolutely. sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. So we ended up um, having Help Me Grow come, and my concern at first was that Tristan was not talking. And... Mm. Um, he was also, he has always been an active baby. I mean, I never had to do kick counts when he was in utero because I just, I felt him all the time. And he came out exactly like that, just a very active baby. So with that being said, when the Help Me Grow team had come out, we had discovered that he actually um, had a lot of sensory processing needs. And so until those sensory processing needs were addressed, he wouldn't be able to um, to retain the language skills that he needed. So Help Me Grow came on. We ended up getting you know speech and occupational therapy services through that. I then started to... Um, do more research to understand how to best support him. And then we had found out, um, you know, that there were some other delays that were happening. And so with all of that being said, I'm I'm going to fast forward that there are so many things that I feel, again, from my perspective, it was just I've had two kids his age. This was the first time that I've ever had a Tristan, mm -hmm. right? Sure. And so every single child is different. And the things that I wish, the things I know now that I wish I could have told myself then, like, it's all going to be okay. Right. You don't have to figure it all out now. And to just really focus on the support, right? Mm -hmm. So let me ask a quick question. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about... Um, and we can get into the nitty gritty of this a, a yeah. little later if you want. But like, it sounds to me like it isn't just a matter of a diagnosis. It's like every kid has very specific needs and figuring out those needs is, is a long process. And there's an order in which you address them in order to be able to help them. 
Like that's a lot for a parent to learn. And so I can see how that might be exhausting and just extremely time consuming. And and the other thing you mentioned was um, how being a therapist sometimes can make it hard to be a parent. And I wanted to ask a little bit about that. Just yeah. like, is it because you feel that you should know this stuff already that like it's it's a reflection on your professionalism if you have to ask for help or you feel bad as a mom that you don't know this already or like tell me more about that so I really appreciate you asking that and I think there's so many directions and so many thoughts that pop up when you say that you know as a mother as a woman there are a lot of expectations whether they're learned or placed on ourselves. It's kind of this like maternal instinct. Mm -hmm. And I think especially with Tristan, I'm like, oh my gosh, like how did I not see this sooner? And I really have to pause and remind myself and we're seeing it now, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's not too late. Early intervention is key. Um, And I think the reality of having multiple kids so close in age, it's really hard not to compare. And so... Again, you know, when you go into parenting, you kind of have an idea in your head of like, this is how I want to parent the kids, right? Or this is how we want to do things. And one of the the things that I have to constantly remind myself, and again, I, I, I share this with my clients, is that kids, humans, are people, not projects. Yeah. And so when we received the initial diagnosis, I will say it was extremely... Um, it was extremely emotional. I remember the words coming out of her mouth and it it was like the rest of the time and thank goodness my husband was there. I saw her lips moving and I, I didn't really, mean. yeah, I, I just remember feeling like, wow, like that's very permanent, right? Yeah. And, and scary and overwhelming. And I know exactly what you mean. When I got my t- cancer diagnosis, it was like Charlie Brown adults, wah, 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 wah. And thank goodness my husband was sitting next to me with a little notebook, just yeah. taking notes, taking notes, taking notes, so that when I was ready, I could absorb that information. Yeah. yeah. And and it's just wild, again, what the human brain does. Yeah. And so in these moments, it's really giving yourself permission to be human. I'm a huge um, a huge advocate for two things are true, the power of and, and reminding myself like, Tristan, who he is today is no different than who he was yesterday and who he'll be tomorrow. And autism, this diagnosis, it is a cluster of symptoms that categorize you know, what is going on for him, and that diagnosis doesn't define him, right? Right. Right. And I think, especially being in the mental health field, and I know I've shared, you can go back to previous <laughs> episodes, you know, I, I, don't, um, I don't work with insurance companies. I am a private pay practice. And part of that is, unfortunately, because of the red tape around insurance and also the stigma related to diagnoses. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the work that I do coming from a systemic perspective, I I do a lot of couples work and parent coaching and even the individual work I do, 
it's all relational. Mm -hmm. And so that is a Z code, which actually um, insurance, it's relational codes. Oh, I see. Okay. Which insurance companies don't accept that. I see. Okay. Um, and so with, with all of that being said, it's, we want to help people feel, understand themselves better. However, we also, especially with autism and, and educating, you know, my other boys about it, we don't want to use that label as, um, as like an anchor or like a box to put a box. Us in. I was just thinking a restriction. So exactly. I think like it's not a, yeah, it's not, he has autism. He isn't autism, right? 100%. And, and it doesn't, yeah, we, we don't want to limit him. Sure. Right, right. However, my brain plays tricks with me. Oh, sure. Right? And so sometimes, and to give myself permission to recognize like when that intrusive thought comes of like, these are the limitations. I don't know what his social world is going to look like. I don't know what his future is going to look like. And I know right now he's getting the support that he needs. And when I look at him and I think of, you know, Heather, I'm sure you can remember when the kids, you know, would go to the pediatrician's office and they would talk about percentiles and I, I would never, I don't care about the percentile. I would look at the growth curve and mm -hmm. I would say, okay, like, but are they growing according to their own body composition, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the way in which I'm choosing the lens that I'm looking through is that he is making progress. It looks much different than the other boys. And we're celebrating the progress he's making and also slowing down to really look at him as a person and figure out what are his needs where are where will he feel most supported and a hard thing that i'm wrestling with at the moment is that he will be going to a different school than the other two and so there's a bit of grief there. I'm grieving the expectations of this movie I played out in my yeah. head of what mm -hmm. I thought come August mm -hmm. would look like with sending, you know, the kids to school. And it's a really interesting opportunity for me to look inward and to just say, you know what, what is this teaching? Yeah. Right? I can so relate with that. Uh, but first, we got to take care of business. So we'll be right back. That's a Hard No is brought to you by Clever Girl Marketing, my full-service agency specializing in smart, strategic marketing solutions for businesses and nonprofits. Okay, so you're probably wondering, Heather, what's with the podcast about boundaries? Why not marketing? Well, maybe in the future, but for now, it actually does relate. So bear with me here. Smart marketing, strategic marketing, requires knowing what to say no to and why. Businesses and nonprofits get inundated with marketing options and offers every day. We help you cut through all that noise, focus on your specific needs, and develop actionable strategies that are doable and actually make sense. Whether it's websites, SEO, email, social, or traditional channels, we're experienced in all of it. So if you need help figuring out your marketing, visit our website, clevergrowmarketing.com, and get in touch. Hi. My name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called 
can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. So as you were talking about grieving this image playing in your mind, this movie playing in your mind, I instantly remembered a moment in my child raising time. So one of my children is on the LGBTQ spectrum. Um, And when they first came out to me, I was more concerned about their mental health, their physical health and reassuring them that, you know, mom and dad love you no matter what. This is not a reason to be, you know, um, feeling bad about yourself or, you know, accepting bullying or anything like that. And this was like, you know, middle school, early high school. And I was just more concerned in the moment that they were okay and they knew that they had a, they always had a place in our home. And then like a week later, I was driving in my car by myself and I literally had two minutes of grief where I got really upset because the image of the traditional wedding with the white dress and the black tux and the big church and all that stuff, I was like, oh, we're not going to have that in our family. And and I got really upset and I started to cry. And then I kind of had this like mental slap moment of like, what are you talking about? Heather? Of course, of course they can get married. Of course they can have children and I can have grandchildren. Just because it isn't the way I thought it was going to happen doesn't mean they're going to have uh, a less fulfilling love-filled life. So it was, I I know that like you have to kind of snap out of that and be selfless as a parent and just say, you know, what, you know, maybe it isn't what I thought it was going to be, but it can still be great. And, and they're still great and they're still valued. And, and yeah, it's, you got to get let go of your own ego. Well, and I really appreciate you sharing that. And I know as parents, I mean, we're new parents at every age and stage oh, sure. of our yeah. kids. And I think what's really interesting to me and something that I personally am working through, and I know a lot of the people that come into my space, in my in my therapy space, they're wrestling with these things too, is it's these, these expectations mm-hmm. of external expectations, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because I think we are in a movement right now where we're purposefully pausing and people are saying, you know what, that may have worked then. That may have been what... And may you know, still work for some people. Absolutely. And and having, you know, a neurodivergent child or just these tiny humans in general or, mm-hmm. you know, your adult children, mm-hmm. like, it's really interesting to just observe and to kind of connect with them in a way of what makes you feel most in alignment? What makes you feel your best? Mm-hmm. 
And it's not always that you have to agree, but how do you support them so that they can feel their best self, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a lot about them and him. Let's talk about you for a minute. How are you taking care of yourself? You know, part of taking care of myself is practicing what I preach. And I've really been having to say no mm-hmm. to a lot of things. Um, I feel like the podcast was something that was so life-giving and it was a big time commitment. Oh, sure. It's a lot of work. People don't realize. Right. And I know you really struggled. Like you I really did. didn't want to back away. Right. And it was difficult. Sure. Yes. But you knew that, there, you know, there are only so many hours in a day. Right. Yeah. And so my sweet little Noah, um, he's 15 months and he's still not sleeping through the night. Oh, we had a, a little period of time where he was and then um, he's teething. So right now what is really, you know, serving me is I have been getting back into running And I have been, I'm actually training for a half marathon in October. Well, lady. Yes. Holy moly. Yes. And I've been doing a lot of trail running. And so. So getting out in nature too. It's not just, you know, in the suburban streets. Yeah. 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 And it has been such a beautiful gift for me. I, when I was pregnant and postpartum, I did a lot of at-home workouts, Mm -hmm. and that really served me during the season that I was in. And now, so I have a trainer that I'm working out with two days a week. I'm doing strength training, and then I am doing, um, yeah, I'm trail running, road running. Um, I do the towpath quite a bit, Mm. and I do the early end, so um, I'll go to bed sleep is like sleep is medicine and so although it is still broken up I'll go to bed early um so that then I'm able I'm getting up around you know 4 45 or 5 you know to get those runs in and then you know Justin I get home Justin leaves for work we do have I'm I'm not superhuman here folks (laughs) I we do have a a full-time nanny who is my right-hand man. Um, and I can attest, I've been at your house. Yes. That full-time nanny's there, and you're right there alongside her. It's like a, it's a team effort. Yes. Right? Because yes. you, you can't do man-to-man with four boys. Right. It's, it's a team, what do they call it? Zone defense. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, I've really been, um, you know, just being mindful. And it's so, as I think about some of the miles that I've been doing Every day, the choices that Justin and I are making, it is to prepare ourselves for the endurance challenge of raising these kids, yeah, right? Yeah. And so there's times that, you know, it is, it, it, it's really hard to wake up in the morning and it's harder to have a short fuse or to have low energy. And so I'm just really you know, getting into the habit stacking, understanding, and and I sh- I've shared this before in previous episodes, but it's that whole metaphor of the plane putting your own oxygen mask on first, mm-hmm. and these runs just like how at one point the podcast was saving me, mm-hmm. so that I could then 
save the kids, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. right now, like running and um, being mindful of my nutrition, making sure I'm drinking a lot of water. Um, a lot of those basic needs are what is allowing me to have the stamina so that I can keep up with these kids, mm-hmm. so that I can advocate for them in a way, and also to have the mental clarity so I can, you know, show up mm-hmm. for my clients. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. That yeah. really makes me happy to hear. Um, I'm going to have to come root you on at this half marathon. Yes. That's pretty exciting. It's the Cleveland Towpath Half, October 7th. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you guys don't know, if you're not in Cleveland, you don't know about the Towpath, we have this amazing yeah. metro park system and urban revitalization. And then there's this long, yeah. amazing path. And it's cool. You should come to Cleveland. Yeah. Anyway, so sidetrack. Um, I'm really glad you're taking care of yourself. Um, I'd I'd be interested to hear more about how you've had to set boundaries and adjust your life in order to prepare yourself for this endurance sport of parenting and dealing and running a business and all this stuff. Like what other no's have you had to make? And then I'm also very interested, and I think this might help other parents, on boundaries you've set relating to how the outside world interacts with your son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So start wherever you want. Sure. The boundary setting, it's so funny because I wish I had a sign that was just like, I'm about to set a boundary, right? <laughs> but but that's like not how life, alert, yeah. right? But that's not how life works. And so what I have learned is we, Justin and I, with these four kids, we are both working. Um, he actually just participated in a half Ironman, and he's doing another of one. He has. I know because you we two. have nothing you two else are going incredible. on. Oh my god! So, um, so our training schedules again, like that is self care. That is just as important as like a business meeting, getting mm-hmm. our workouts in. So, we um, we plan two months in ahead. Like we see both the schedules, but we have like a weekly meeting. Sundays are a day that we say no to things because Sundays are our prep day. Mm-hmm. And so we we do our meal prep for the week because, again, in order to show up the way that we want, we need to be fueling our bodies. And I don't know about you, Heather, but I am I am someone that if it is not there for me to just heat it up or if it's not portioned, I will just grab something out of the pantry and not make healthy choices, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. definitely affects me. So we have really had to, especially in the summer, we've had to be really cognizant of things that we've been invited to. And and we've had to just very, you know, gently um, let people know, you know, unfortunately, that's not going to work for us. Let's find another day. I think also, for example, um, Justin, when he did participate in um, his half Ironman, I was invited to like a bachelorette party um, that weekend and I could have made it work. Absolutely. And I checked in with myself and I was like, I know that I'm going to be solo parenting this weekend. And I know that if I go to that, it is going to deplete me. Mm -hmm. And so what can I do to protect my peace, preserve my energy right. so that I can show up. And that is not always something I've been able to do. Right, right. It's been a muscle you have to exercise to strengthen because the 
recovering people pleaser <laughs> in me, the <laughs> expectations of like, well, it's expected that you go, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So same with sleep is medicine. And with these kids, and especially with Tristan, we know if he doesn't get a good amount of sleep, his behaviors are going to um, increase. Mm-hmm. He's going to be more irritable. And so um, ensuring that like, and even with sports, with the kids, like we've had to decide maybe in our minds we're like, oh, they should, and I'm air quoting, they should be participating in all of this. But we're like, wait a second, that then is going to impact our schedule. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure the kids get to bed at a certain time so that Justin and I, you know, can do our things. So right now we're in a season of kind of it's it's pretty structured in a way, but also for yeah. Tristan, we need his rigidity. It's really hard for him to be flexible. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm being reminded of um, what we learned from a guest earlier this season, mm-hmm. Sarah Knight. And, you know, she's not as um, gently eloquent as you are <laughs> in that. I mean, she's eloquent, but she's a little more in your face about it. Yeah. And she calls it, you know, you have a f- budget. And it's yeah. like, there's only so many f**ks you can give. Yeah. And, you know, just like the money in your wallet, you you can't overspend or there will be consequences. And so I think making yourself and making your family a priority and then making everything, you know, setting boundaries so that everything else has to work around that. I mean, I think that's, yeah. I really think that's the only way you're going right. to make it work. So, And I also feel like adding in permission to change your mind oh yeah I always I I hear you say that in my head sometimes I'm like I have the right to change my mind right and and that's where I think it's just a beautiful tool to be able to write yourself that permission slip that right now in the season we're in and it's wild you know to think like fall's going to be here before we know it but it's like for this summer specifically like that is what we have had to do Mm -hmm. and then guess what like you take the etch a sketch, you shake it. What worked? Let's talk about it. What didn't work? Let's talk about it, and then let's come up with mm-hmm. what's going to support us moving forward. And then, when things go haywire, or when something life popcorn mm-hmm. pops up, like we'll talk about it. And that's where communication is key. Yeah. Um, and then. You had asked, like, specifically with Tristan Mm -hmm. and, you know, the diagnosis and just how he operates in the world. I think I have really good days with it, and I have really not so good days with it, where anger can become a primary reaction for me that I have to be mindful of because I get angry on, well, people should just no, like they should just get it right. And I think even me as a mental health professional, there is so much about autism that I am learning. What I do know is, is Tristan is the expert of him. He right. knows himself best. We're figuring him out. And what I have to remind myself when certain people don't get it and they may make comments because Tristan is verbal. He is verbal. He repeats himself 
over and over. He gets very stuck on things. He has echolalia. He has delayed echolalia. He's a gestalt language processor, which means he learns language in chunks. Mm -hmm. And people will say, well, he looked at me and he's talking, right? Like, so he's all fixed now. Right. Yeah. Right. And so they don't, they have, again, these mm -hmm. expectations or these narratives in their head of what they think a child on the autism mm -hmm. spectrum behaves like, looks like. And Tristan is, maybe you can put like a picture on social, but he's the sweetest Your boys little thing. are so beautiful and so <laughs> sweet and Honestly, Maura yeah. and I always talk about, Aww. like, we go to the, her house and we're like, these children are perfect. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Well, it, we're a hot mess, but I, I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. And I'm beautiful. working on, on accepting yeah. compliments. And they're so happy. They and are. they're so, you know, yeah. you're doing such a great job. Yeah. But, like, I hear you. And I'm, and I'm sure that part of you has the instinct to teach, to stop and teach people. But this is hard. This is a hard thing to deal with. And you're freaking exhausted. And, I'm like, so you probably tired. don't have the patience to be like, well, actually, no. Let me inform you, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, yeah, I'm sure you're just frustrated. Like, why can't you guys just, yeah. and A, don't say anything, B, right. <laughs> back off. Right. Well, and you had asked, like, that is the double-edged sword of yeah. being a therapist yeah. is because I feel like it is my responsibility and my job to, like, teach or to um again advocate and in a way yes it is and by setting a boundary of just having some little um phrases in my toolbox that when my emotional temperature is heightened because i am exhausted i am overstimulated i am angry right yeah. i can just say I'm so sorry you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? It is not my job to fix, rescue, save. It's not my job to make you feel comfortable. Oh, about that's a big this. one. That is a big one with mm -hmm. any any kid who has any special yeah. situation. Yeah. 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 And, and so, it's not your job to educate the world. Yeah. You know? Right. I mean, we do that with this podcast, but like right. in your personal life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think giving myself permission to, like I said, I'm sorry that you don't understand, mm -hmm. right? Or Tristan is Tristan, right? And, and to, or, you know, to even just advocate for, and to say, you know what, that didn't sit well with me. Let's, let's talk about this at another time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But to me, it's this language around, I'm learning how, to protect my peace, to preserve relationships. And there are times, and I'm going to say, like, my body battery has more <laughs> juice in it. And I can have these conversations. But the later it gets in the day, the more the caffeine is wearing off. The more right? stuff is happening at right? that moment. My yeah. body battery, it's my bandwidth that I don't always, I can't show up in the way that I want. And I'm accepting, like, that is okay. That is yeah. the human experience. And as we've talked about, like, no is a complete sentence. And to just also, for me, it's modeling. It's not always by what I'm saying, but it's how I'm showing up. And for Tristan, like, there are times where he he does 
um, stemming. And so he gets really excited and he just flaps his little sweet little hands or he does a lot of visual stimming and um, he will take like a his boss anything with wheels but he'll like slam it on a table not because he's mad he's actually excited but doesn't realize he doesn't really he doesn't feel pain and he also it's a sensory input that he's getting by banging things um but i will have people you can't do that take that away from him and so i'll have to like you know just step in of course teaching tristan boundaries too hey why don't we do that over here? Mm -hmm. But I also am not, I am going to step in, even if it is someone who thinks that they know, I know how to support him. So just being able to speak up and that wasn't, again, it wasn't always the case. Yeah. I'm remembering a conversation we had during our holiday mini series um, with our friends over at Connecting for Kids and, Mm -hmm. and Sarah Rintamaki was sharing, you know, she has two boys now older boys, teenage, college age. Um, But in the beginning, and this is partly why she founded Connecting for Kids, and I know you know them very Mm -hmm. well and you have a good relationship with them, um, that she really had to set boundaries with her family. And, like, holidays were really stressful. And, like, sometimes you have to say, I'm sorry, we're not going to come if you can't make these accommodations that I know my my kid's going to need. Or And that's hard to, you know – the family expectation thing is just family dynamics in general can just make it so tricky. But really our first jobs as parents is to to defend and protect yeah. our children. So yeah. kudos to you for 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 stepping in and also for giving yourself grace. I also think because going back to even holidays, growing up Italian, everything was at Ooh. two o'clock and it was on a Sunday. <laughs> And going back to what I was saying, like Sundays is something that we preserve that day. And so that was a hard thing. And then we do parties on Saturdays at four because it allows for us to get the kids their naps. Mm -hmm. And then it it kind of (laughs) supports us during witching hours. So like, you know, the kids are up, we have people around, and then we have still our Sunday. But with that being said, I think one of the things that I have learned to do is to also understand and hold space for the discomfort that it may cause or the friction it may cause in the beginning Mm -hmm. and not to be resentful. I used to. I used to be like, you should understand. I can't believe that like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you are getting upset about this, but also recognizing that was their pattern for so long. So I also have to give them grace to adjust right yeah and so sometimes it two things are true looking through Mm -hmm. that lens of like we are setting these boundaries we are doing this because it protects our peace it helps the people within the walls of our home and your feelings are valid too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean it takes adjustment And, and it's almost like you have to like i love that what you were saying about giving yourself space and giving others space to adjust to these boundaries mm-hmm. because it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes and you might hurt feelings yeah. or, you know, it, it, there may be some difficult negotiations that go back and forth. But eventually it can work out and smooth out and, and it's sort of like 
short-term pain for long-term gain, right? And and even if, because there are situations where it doesn't always work out the mm-hmm. way that you had hoped, it's also being able to to hold space for yourself and to recognize like, right now I am doing the best I can with the resources I have and going back to that, what I was saying before, like, I'm so sorry that you don't understand right Yeah, now. yeah. There have been people in my life that I've had to say goodbye to because they could not respect my boundaries or um, I knew that they were not serving. Like that relationship wasn't serving me and it was always super difficult to, you know, make room for the other things that I had to do. So it's hard sometimes and sometimes – and as you say, you talk about seasons a lot. Sometimes yeah. friendships – go in and out of season and come back and, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that is also something that has really felt like a warm hug to me. There's um, a beautiful poem and it's called Reason, Season, Lifetime. And it really talks about how people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And especially through Tristan's journey, when I find myself getting caught up in what is his future going to look like, I'm able to pause and say, you know what? I have made it 100% through my hardest days. I remember there's evidence in my evidence bucket when I was like, how am I going to get through this? And yet, when I'm able to be more regulated, I'm more open to seeing these people just literally falling into my life and mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. it's such a god wink and <laughs> and it's it's yeah. like but i i just feel the more that i'm able to be grounded and again set boundaries to protect my peace i can see it's all going to be okay because it's worked out we're gonna figure it out and for those of you that know me and maybe, you know, you're getting to know me, if there is something out there that that child needs that doesn't exist, I'll create it. <laughs> so he he's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. And, and it's more of when I'm bracing for impact, when I'm feeling the pressure, when I'm, I'm setting these unrealistic expectations or I'm constantly performing, thinking I have to appease this person and I have to make this person happy. That's when it's like, I black out and I don't see the hope the hope or or I'm not open to what are these people trying to teach me in these moments, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's that to me it's just been a constant mind shift, mindset and just flipping the script. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much you're you're so generous with your time and and with sharing your story and the ins and outs of what you're struggling with i i know that there's so many insightful things in this conversation that are going to help parents um tell us about purposeful growth and wellness sure sure so purposeful growth and wellness is is expanding yay um we offer a hybrid model so we do both in person as well as virtual therapy um we do um therapy coaching consulting um i we have a wonderful um therapist her name is madeline and she um, is accepting new clients 
she sees kids and young adults and she works, does a lot of the parent coaching. I um, am not accepting new clients until September. However, I'm working with couples. I'm doing a lot of parent coaching. I also do um, motherhood across the lifespan, a lot of individual work. And then I also um, recently hired on, her name is Victoria. She will be just doing virtual, um, but she offers EMDR. Um, she also, um, she works with adults, um, a lot of perinatal mental health, a lot of birth trauma, um, and mm. works with, with women. Um, so she's going to be a wonderful addition. And then I'm also, um, I started the Connected Parenting Series, which I have been doing. I do um, speaking engagements. So I talk a lot about breaking generational patterns, reparenting yourself, um, parenting as a partnership, division of labor, um, and real life strategies. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yes. Wow. I could talk with you forever. I know. I know. <laughs> thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for spending this time with us. Also, thank you to our special guest, The Fly, that's been in this room this whole time. <laughs> yes. Sorry for, for folks watching on video. Um, but it's just, you know, I love you. I love you. And thank you for having me and of holding course. space for I, I don't even know all the directions this conversation went. I was like, I was like, are you going to send me? Some, what do you want me to talk about? And then Maura, you know, was just like, okay. you guys are just going to talk. And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> and we got a lot to catch up on. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, you're welcome back anytime. And, um, you know, well, I'm sure we'll be touching base with you as, as life goes on. Okay. Well, thanks again. And uh, that's it. We're done. Yeah. Thank you. Got questions or a boundary-setting success story or flop? It's easy to get in touch with us. Send an email through our website, hardnopodcast.com, DM us on social, we're at hardnopodcast, or leave a message at 216-370-3410. We'll be featuring some of our favorite questions and messages in future mailbag episodes, so get in touch. You can find show notes and a transcript of today's episode on our website, hardnopodcast.com. Make sure to like and subscribe on your favorite listening platform so you don't miss any new episodes. If you liked what you heard, please give us a rating and review, especially on Apple, so others can find us too. That's a Hard No is a production of Clever Girl Marketing, a strategic marketing agency based here in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. You can learn all about us at clevergirlmarketing.com written by me, Heather Drago, and our amazing marketing and production coordinator, Mara Del Rosario. Production support, Evergreen Podcast, Noah Fouts, producer and editor extraordinaire. Our awesome new rock anthem was written by Noah and performed by his band, The Big Leagues. I love it so much. Thank you, Noah. Shout out to Jake Donnelly, the videographer and photographer who's the creative force behind our YouTube videos. You demand, Jake. You can find him at rjdonnelly.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no! Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. 
This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who've overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave.